Matthew chapter 1, go down to verse 18. And uh, this is a unique Christmas message. I'm in a series, uh, started a series called The Anointed and The Anointing and the Anointed. And so we've been talking about uh, the anointing. What is the anointing? The God enablement, the God empowerment, and how. In Corinthians, Paul says God anointed us in Christ. And we talked about that uh, just in a recent service here on a Wednesday. So we're going to continue. This is called the Joseph anointing. Joseph as in Mary's husband. Here we go. Matthew chapter 1. Are you ready? I'm going to read from the New International Version. If you're all there, say woo. This is how the birth of Jesus, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married, or betrothed is another word, to be married to Joseph, to Joseph. But before they came together, do you need definition of that? Okay. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was Faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will, will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home to be his wife. To be, took Mary home as his wife, pardon me, but he did not consummate their marriage. Do you understand what that means? Okay, he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to his son and he gave him the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you for what you're going to do and what you have done already. Move in great power, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you if you would like them. The Joseph anointing. A number of years ago, Dr. Dr. Morocco, my pastor, our senior leader, our apostolic leader, my pastor, preached uh, a series of messages entitled The Anointing and the Anointed. And I am going to revisit uh, that series with my own flavor and style and uh, go through. It's just so powerful to look at how the Holy Spirit operated on different people in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and from that learn and glean and even believe for fresh anointing on our own life. Here's what the Lord spoke to me a number of years ago. Any anointing that you see in Scripture is available for you if you're willing to do what they did to get it. So what does anointing mean? We, we talked about that. The anointed one is... is the Christ. Christ means the anointed one or the Messiah. It's, it's the, uh, the anointed king would be a ruling king 
at a particular reign in the history of Israel. And there was a hope that one day the final Messiah, the anointed one, would come and he would rule and reign. Well, he came, the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. And so when you read in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians and many different places, the Apostle Paul talks about this anointing and how God anointed us in Christ. He put his spirit on us and to flow through us. But he saw also the anointing as being filled with the Holy Spirit, the enablement, the God stuff, the God power to do God stuff. You can't raise the dead, but he can through you. So when I look at this, uh, these verses of scripture here in Joseph, and I'm calling it the Joseph anointing. I don't think there's anything particularly entitled that you could call the Joseph anointing. So don't get texting and emailing and getting all crazy on Facebook about, about that. But it's how the Holy Spirit moved in the life of Joseph. I remember talking to my, my, uh, my aunt who's a Catholic, a staunch Catholic, a born-again Catholic, a charismatic Catholic. And she was, you know, they were into Mary. How many of you know that? They're like, yeah. And there's even the worship of Mary, which is completely not a biblical concept. So as we were arguing theology many, many years ago, she said, okay, okay, I get your point. It's not in scripture. I get it. But you have to admit there's something special about Mary. And I went, Yes, there's definitely got to be, there's something special about that girl that got God's attention. They get put favor on her. By the way, God doesn't do that anymore. Amen? There was only one virgin that was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and brought forth the Messiah. But in the same thought, you have to think that there's something pretty special about Joseph. And I just don't hear him preached, preached too often. And how he impacted his family. We're going to look at it. I had an interesting experience. In fact, I believe, I believe the young man is, is online right now. He's from Jamaica. I had a problem with my, uh, my, one of my services that I have in my house. It was the dish. And they can't get the dish. because Not the dish, but the... What's the other one? AT&T's. It's not the dish. Direct TV. So it's a satellite. And the satellites are really low. In Alaska, so you have to have clear view and all that. So I redid my roof, or I, sh I should say, I had a lot of help with my roof being redone all in metal. And they can't put dishes on metal roofs, so maybe you didn't know that, but they won't crawl up there. They can't install them on there. So they basically, I had a, an agreement with them for two, 24 months, and they basically had to cancel my agreement because I now have a metal roof and the dish doesn't work and blah, 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 blah. So meanwhile, I keep getting bills. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> shock, shock. So we're on our third time through and I, I call and I talk to this very pleasant young man from Jamaica. And I was on the phone with the man from Jamaica for one and a half hours. I got my result. But uh, one and a half hours, because I had a $360 bill that I don't know, and I ain't paying it. So you can think of it as making $360 an hour. That's not bad. Well, one and a half hours, not quite. And as I was talking to this uh, gentleman, I began to, you know, we began to, his system wouldn't work, wouldn't process. We said, I'm, I'm waiting, and we're waiting for the system, waiting, 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 waiting. And so we ended up talking. And so, you know, she's in Alaska, he's in San Diego, we start talking about the Lord, and I'm looking for an opportunity to witness to him. It turns out that he's the son of two pastors, his mom and dad are pastors in Jamaica. 
And so he tells me a little bit about his faith, and I asked him if he was serving the Lord, and if I can quote him, he said that, uh, you know, he's kind of a prodigal right now. I said, dude, it's time to come home. I said, you're talking to me for an hour and a half with a frozen system for the purpose, I believe, of, of hearing the good news of Jesus, because you're talking to a pastor right now, and I guarantee you, your parents are praying for you. And so we got into it, and we talked back and forth, and he let me pray for him, and, and uh, he has two sons. And something happened in the course of the conversation. Uh, he's, he's soon to be married. Congratulations. He's soon to be married. He has two sons. And I said, you need to get in church for the sake of your kids, too. And I, it, when I said it, it just did something to me. I just thought, my gosh, Joseph, Joseph. God would choose Joseph to raise his son. That's amazing. Something about Joe. I'm not talking about coffee. It's something about Joseph. So let's look at our notes here. I think every father, you know, wants, uh, every parent, say it that way, wants their, their kids to believe that they're a champion. And uh, my kids believe I'm a champion. At least I think they believe that. I was in Anchorage backing my truck up, double parking a full-size one-ton, you know, eight-foot bed with a crew cab, double parking in Anchorage. And I just nailed it without, without a hitch in the middle of traffic, just perfectly fit, boom. And my son says, when your dad double parking. I thought, that's right. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <sighs> we all want to be our kids' champions. All of us do. Joseph was a champion for his family. And so in Joseph, we find a pattern. You find a pattern of how to be a godly man or a godly parent, and it's profound. It really is. And whether you have kids or don't have kids, it's going to apply for you. So God chose Joseph to raise his son. The Joseph anointing, attributes from Joseph's life. The first thing comes from verse 19. Joseph was a righteous man. What kind of a man? A righteous man. Wow. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, version says, and not wanting to, her to make a, pub, make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But he was righteous. He had every right to put her away secretly. He had every right to divorce her. He's betrothed, which we don't really understand in our culture. Betrothal for, for a first century Jew is, it is marriage without the marital rights. And so to break a betrothal is to get a divorce. In fact, the text that we read said that he was going to get a divorce. And that's exactly what was going to happen. Come on, if you were dating someone and they ended up pregnant. Hello. You'd be like, yeah, okay, sure you are. Right overshadowed. What did that look like? What's his name again? Right? I mean, kind of shocking, I'm sure, for Joseph. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Imagine when you were engaged. Imagine you're engaged and you're, you know, 19 or 20, 21, 22. I'm not sure how Joseph was. And then, you, and then your, your betrothed wife, you're engaged, engaged, the girl you're engaged to says, listen, I'm pregnant. And here's what happened. I mean, a shock. And you know, he's like, you're a liar. I mean, we don't see exactly what he says, but he has in mind to be done with her, but, but he doesn't. He's a, he's a righteous man. The first thing is sexual purity was important. Boy, that'll preach. Sexual purity is important. He did, it says that he didn't know, he didn't know her. He didn't, he, they didn't come together was the, was the way it said. They didn't come together. 
So there's sexual purity. And this is a beautiful thing. It's very different from the engagements of our world today. Or, or not engagements or one nights or whatever they are. I mean, kids' churches in the back. Hello. Very different. He's a righteous man. He was sexually pure. And sexual purity was important to him. That's why it says it right there in the verses. He's concerned about Mary, which means he's a man of compassion. He just doesn't want to, come on, come on, if somebody like really hurts you. You know you want to gut them like a salmon. You know you do. Right? Oh, want to fix, just going to fix it. Man, you hurt me. I'm going to hurt you back. I mean, that's the world, right? But turn the other cheek, that would be a Christian. Joseph doesn't want to cause public disgrace, even though he knows that Mary has been impregnated by another man, but he didn't know the other man was God. Pretty, pretty astounding to think about a man that would do that. He's not going to divorce her. He's going to cover. Sin covers a multitude of sin. He's going to cover her and he's going to protect her. And he's, he's not going to cause her shame. Actually, he say, could be very well be saving her life because to become pregnant in wedlock is death for, for them. You could be stoned. It's a willingness not to expose her. You know, we have a tendency to be more compassionate for people that are over, across the street or other families. You know, you need to be compassionate for your own family. Let me run that through one more time. He's compassionate towards her, his betrothed wife. We need to be compassionate towards our children, towards our, our wives, towards your husband, towards your spouse, towards each other. Those are the, the ones in our family seem to get the short end of the stick. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, don't look at me like that, like it's just my family. You know it's yours too. We have a tendency to be shorter, not as much patience. We have a tendency to give less grace, be harder with. They see the ugly side of us, you know. And, and Joseph... He cared about her. He responded instead of reacted. Dude, I love this right here. This is, this is impressive to me. After he had considered this, says one version. Let me read the New King James. I like that a little bit better. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example. Okay, verse 20. While he thought about these things. Everybody say emotion, reaction. Say it. Emotion, reaction. Can you imagine? Can you imagine standing there? Yes, hi, Joseph. By the way, I'm pregnant. He doesn't just, you don't see a string of curses or anything. What? Where is he? I'm on a, you know, you don't hear all that. That's not what happens. He says, huh, really? Okay. I need to go. <laughs> She's pregnant. What in? She has lost her mind. She must have ate some spoiled hummus or something. She's got food poisoning. What in God's damn Lord? Oi, vey. God, what are you doing to me? What? And he walks off, but he doesn't freak out. He doesn't lose his mind. He, re he responds instead of reacts. And I'm going to tell you something. I've not always been so good at this. <laughs> I've not been always so good at responding. I have a tendency to be like, what? Pack! Oh, sorry. Hey, what? what? What were you saying again? <laughs> Just me. Oh, you guys are perfect. You respond when you're really pressed and somebody gets up in your grill. 
He responds. Emotion, reaction. I have seen, I've gotten myself, I was going to talk about others, but I'm just going to talk about me. I've gotten myself in more hot water by reacting instead of responding. A knee-jerk response. A reactionary mind. I found that when I'm walking with the Holy Spirit and I'm praying and I'm abiding and I'm close to him and I'm prayed up, I'm worshiped up, I, I've just got my Kung Fu on. You know what I mean? The Holy Spirit Kung Fu. And it comes, you just, but when I'm not like that, I just sort of lose it. I, re- I react instead of respond. Joseph responded. So listen, the next time somebody tells you they're pregnant, you know what I mean? The next time you have a big problem that shouts at you, mocks you, hurts your feelings, ruins your plans, ruins your day, totally kicks over the apple cart, try responding. And I'll tell you how you do that. Shut up. (laughs) Don't talk. Silence Silence your lips. Shut your tongue and think about how you're feeling. I remember going through counseling many years ago and I was just so angry and the guy looks at me and says what are you feeling right now I said I just looked at him and said I'm angry he said that's good that's good that's anger I'm like I know (laughs) it's okay to be angry and your anger don't sin listen gentlemen some of you don't know how you feel at all so ladies here's how you help them because, because the women want to know what you're feeling, gentlemen. So ladies, you just add, ask them, are you mad, sad, or glad? It's really simple. And then you answer that, dude. You answer mad, sad, or glad. How are you feeling? I don't know. <laughs> if we don't take time to, to pause and to pray, then you'll react instead of respond. And Joseph responded He didn't react. And I have found when I've just backed off a little bit and and unplugged from all the emotion, just chill, hold on. I've learned there's not two sides to every story. It's like 10. So if you hear something that makes you just go off, I can't believe what happened, what the boss did. That's only, you only heard one side. So there's a whole bunch of other sides. Just back off. Don't be so quick to get up on your high horse and ride. Respond. Joseph responded instead of reacted. And very few people respond. Mature people respond. Immature people react. Learn to respond. Be prayed up. Back off. Think about it. Pray about it. Take time to breathe. You know, you ever, come on, your mama told you, count to ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, count, slow, slow down. Count to ten. Listen, this is going to help you when you have challenges this weekend and, and Monday, around the table maybe. Respond. Don't react. Joseph was a righteous man. He dedicated Jesus at the temple, you'll see. He fulfilled all the righteousness. He did the right thing. He did the right thing. He was going to be in church. He was going to stand up for what he believed. Think about it that way. I had numerous opportunities over the past week and a half to stand up for what I knew was right. And you know something? That's what we need to do. Don't be afraid. I'm, I'm not afraid of hurting somebody's feelings to stand for the right thing. I'm going to be sweet as I can, going to stand for the right thing. But the right thing's the right thing. If somebody doesn't like it, they can walk. 
Hello? Listen, God can't bless a mess. So if there's unrighteousness and manipulation and all kinds of stuff like that, God can't bless that, but he can bless righteousness. So speak the truth in love and let the chips fall. If somebody doesn't like you for it, statistically, I'm told, there's only two or three people that like you anyway, so you might as well just forget about it. Just praise the Lord that the Lord likes you. He loves you. In fact, he's got an awesome plan for you, and now he, now he can bless you because you're doing the right thing. Listen, if, listen, parents, don't just tell your kids to go to church, sir. Don't just send your wife to church with your kids. You get your carcass to church. Amen. Hello? You do the right thing. You, 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 you do the right thing. You pay your taxes. You, you obey the law. Speeding, I give myself a little latitude. Eight, you're out the gate. Nine, you're mine. So I go for eight over. I feel anointed right there. I start getting unanointed. I know one brother said, oh, you know something, if you speed, the angels of protection come right off you. So, Because how could they be on you if you're breaking the law? Because in Romans, it talks about the law and how it's ordained by God. So if you're breaking the law, then you're removing the divine protection over your life. It's a good argument. Is that depression that started seeping in the room or fear or something like that? Right? Look at B. Joseph was sensitive to God's voice. Concerning the birth of Jesus, there's five different dreams. Four of them come to, come to Joseph. God could speak to him in a dream. You know, God is a speaking God. I was talking to a young man and uh, counseling him. He was making decisions about the call of God in his life and where he should go and what he should do. So we prayed. And uh, as I was praying for him, he said, you know what? I think God's going to give me a dream. I said, I believe for that. That's great. Let's pray for that. Lord, speak to him through a dream. You can, God can speak through anything. Circumstances, situations, other people. He can use donkeys. He can use creation. He can, he can speak through his word. He does. He speaks through his word. He can speak through the inner witness. He can speak through a prophetic voice. He can speak. He's a speaking God. Not only can speak, he is speaking. He's using the likes of me right now to speak to you, to encourage you, to be like a Joseph, to be an anointed, righteous person. Amen. In the midst of a crooked and depraved generation, right? So we prayed. He's like, I believe God's going to give me a dream. He gets off the phone. He, he's talking to his mom. His mom says, I believe God's going to give you a dream. He said, that we just prayed that, mom. God's going to give me a dream. He's a young, you know, young adult. So he prays and fasts for three days. And he called me. He called me let me know. He said, man, God gave me a dream. I said, what was it? It was very clearly the state he's supposed to go to, the person he's supposed to work under, the door open for him, and boom, he's making plans, and soon he'll be there. Listen, God can speak to you in a dream. And God speaks to Joseph. You know, the thing is that some of you have already been spoken to, but you ain't obeying. Yeah. That's a little further down. I jumped ahead just for a second. We're, let's go back. Joseph was sensitive to God's voice. Are you sensitive to God's voice? When he speaks to you, can, can you be open to him hearing you? Uh, that's, that's not right. Can you, can you be open to hearing him? There we go. Joseph was obedient to do God's will. Yeah, there, there we go. I started getting into it, but he was obedient to do God's will. God could trust him. God could trust him to speak to him, to say, okay, all right, listen, you need to get up right now. You need to pack up, uh, you need to pack up Yeshua 
and uh, get all your stuff together and take Mary and hit the road and go to Egypt. You know that gold I just gave you? You're going to use that to fund your trip. You're going on a camping trip until Herod dies. So get up and go. When, Lord? Right now. Get up and go. Right now? Now. Boom. Get up. We got to go. Mary, time to go. Yeshua, let's go. We're out. Two years old. Pack everything up. Boom. Leave your little, leave your little carpentry shop, whatever he had working. Well, Jesus is two years old. He's not a little baby in a manger when they ran away. And they go off to Egypt till Herod dies. Some people say a year. Some scholars say two years. We, we know that it's after Herod's dead that he's able to return back. But what's interesting is he, does not, he wants to go back to Bethlehem. He doesn't go to Bethlehem. Where does he go? Nazareth. Why does he go to Nazareth? To fulfill the scripture that says, out of Nazareth, I Na out of Egypt I called my son the Nazarene. He would also be called. I mean, it's so complex and God fulfills all of it. And he uses this guy, Joseph, and he speaks to him through dreams and Joseph obeys. If God speaks to you, will you obey? I want to be a man like that, a Joseph anointing. I want to be a man that can hear God's voice and I endeavor to, I hope to, I pray to, I try to. He would pay whatever price to protect his son and Joseph was self-controlled. Where do you get that? Well, this is some of this sex talk here again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The Bible says it. Look at verse um, 25. He was self-controlled. He was what? Self-controlled. So verse 25 says, And he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. Now, That's mincing no words. Know her. Let's see if we get another version there. Let's, let's do NIV. And he did not consummate their marriage. So I'll make it plain. Consummation and knowing is the act of sexual intercourse that takes place between a married couple. Okay? So it's saying he did not know her. The consummation of marriage did not take place until the birth of Jesus. So here's the thing. He's now married. He's not betrothed. He's legal. It's, it's allowed, okay? And he chooses to wait out of integrity and purity and holiness for what was taking place. Not that sex is not holy. I know we got some kids here, but I'm just trying to shoot high. It, it's one of the greatest acts of spiritual warfare you can do. And, and, and by the way, if, that goes, if that's gone in your marriage, you better pray in a big hurry. It comes back, get healing, get some counseling, get set free. And if in your mind you think it's dirty, you need healing and deliverance. That means it, is a, it is a holy, righteous thing. It's not dirty. But it shouldn't be just talked about casually, but shoot. If we don't talk about it in church, who is going to talk about it? The guidance counselor? To tell you you can change your sexual orientation for God's sake? Don't make me preach. You better start arguing or something. Start doing something. Somebody do something. Trying to help you. Crazy, right? Yeah. He doesn't consummate the marriage. It's a picture of self-control. Oh, some of you, some of y'all... You know, I, I'm, always, I'm always a little leery, Pastor Vince, when I hear about Christians that have a long engagement. I don't know any Christians, I, and I'm sure there are some. I'm sure there are. Maybe it was you. But I just rarely see long engagements. 
with Christians because once God speaks to you to get married, buddy, it's on. There is a natural fire that needs to... Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, do you know God gives you that desire? How are you going to be fruitful and multiply if you hate it? I'm, I'm trying to be gracious. Right, listen, it's in the text. Don't get mad at me. He, he was a man of self-control. Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you need to be a person of self-control. The anointing of the Holy God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind or self-discipline. I've claimed that. I've got self-discipline <laughs> right now. Clean your room. Stay organized. Do the right thing. Self-discipline. Discipline. Discipline yourself. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. The man of self-control. There are some people that are so moved around by their guttural urges that they don't, you all listen to me, they don't care who they hurt. They don't care who they're with. They don't, they don't, they don't care. They just don't care. They'll do whatever they want to whoever they want. And try. I mean, you see an outbreak of this pollution in our government right now. I mean, how many, how many scandals can you have in one month? How, how many? Oh, it's not even scraping the, the, the head of the pin. It's, it, it isn't scraped the surface of what's happened through people with power and control and what they, have, what they have done and people that have been... I mean, there's whole generations that have passed away that didn't talk about it. And there's, we, we need to raise up a Joseph generation that knows how to control themselves, that knows how to be people of self-control. You're not a, I'm going to stay on the point if you don't start. Hey, man, hey, come on, I'm trying to help you out. I remember coming to the altar all so many years ago and Dr. Morocco was at his particular spot at the church there in the islands where I was raised up. It was off, if you're looking at the, con, at the, at the altar, it was to the right-hand side, kind of in this area. I, I don't know, I just like that area. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That was like the place I would gravitate to. And, and I would always position myself to get right in where Dr. Morocco was, because I, I, I liked him praying for me as opposed to the other pastors, you know. Anyway, I had some issues and I needed healing. So I'm not kidding, for three weeks in, in a row, I, I came up for healing, and, he, and he'd lay hands on me, and then he'd let go, and he'd say, Daniel, and I'd look at him and he says, a man of God needs to be in self-control. You need to control yourself. I'm like, amen. Pray for me, God to touch me. Come up the next week. The man of God's in control of his passions. I'm like, yeah, you said that last week. <laughs> amen, praise God, touch. Thank you, Jesus. Third week I come up. Third week I come up. I'm like, if he says it again, I'm gonna take it as a word from the Lord. <laughs> so I went to the front. He says, Daniel. The man of God needs to control his passions. I said, I know, Pastor, you told me that last week. And he says, yes, because a man of God needs to control his passions. Holy Spirit, he laid hands on me. And I, I just, it did something for me. If you can't control your passion, if you marry somebody who's, I am going to get up in your face right now. All you single people listen to me. Listen, you marry somebody that can't control themselves, you're a fool. You know why that is? Because if he can't control or she can't control himself with you, what in God's name do you think they're going to be able to control themselves on a business meeting or when you have a fever and you're not able to get together for two weeks, or three weeks or four weeks or something goes wrong or a kid is sick or they, or, or they, have, they have a child that comes and it's a C-section and, and you need to just help her a little bit and, and you just, oh, I just got passion, just can't help myself. And then you just go off crazy, all crazy because you just got to take care of you. 
You pervert, get delivered. Did I say that? Did I say that? You need to get set free. And if you have a lust problem, listen to me now. You have a lust problem, it'll never be healed in marriage. Oh, yeah, it'll take the pressure off, so to speak, for a few weeks or a year until you just want something else. Marriage is never the answer for lust. You should see what I'm looking at. People are like... Amen. Everybody say, Lord, Lord, I am a person of self-control. Amen. Look at E. Joseph passed on an inheritance of being responsible. Where do you get that? Well, uh, you see it in the life of Jesus. First of all, after Jesus is 12 years old, we never hear about Joe again. So you say, well, where is Joseph? I mean, he wasn't there at the cross. I mean, he's not there for the miracles. He's not there at the, Can- the wedding at Canaan in Galilee. Where, where, where is he? Where is, where's Joseph? Well, he's probably dead. And the, the, the scripture doesn't say anything about it. It's silent about it. You say, well, how, how do you know that? Well, it, it's, it's assumed. And so who do you think took care of the family after Joseph died? Who's the firstborn? Who do you think took care of the family after Joseph died? Jesus. And and I believe that's one of the reasons. The other one is to fulfill Levitical law, that a priest didn't come into the priesthood until he was 30. But I think he didn't go into ministry until he was 30 because he was doing some construction to help feed all the kids and mom. And he took the place. And and, how did he learn that? He learned it from his father. I'm going to tell you, sir, ma'am, the greatest disciples you have are your own kids. You've got a disciple. You've got to, have to teach him. You've got to teach him how to do all of this. And even on the cross, Jesus makes provision, I believe, like his father did. When it, oh, of course, I'm talking about his earthly father. It's not blood-related because he was from heaven, of course, the uncreated one. But when he's on the cross and he's hanging, he makes provision for his mother. He says, he says woman, behold your son, son... John, behold your mother. You know what that meant? You know what he's saying? He's saying, would you taking care of my mom now? Wow. Wow, even on the cross, he's making provision. Somehow we have to move back to men of responsibility. Somehow we have to move back to women of responsibility. And, and in this hour, as, I, as a worship team or Pastor Alex, would you come? Uh, just Pastor Alex is good, not the whole worship team. Just, just keys, please. This is an hour when God is turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers. And he's turning mothers' hearts too. He is. And I just know that God wants to put a fresh touch of, of heaven on us to be the kind of parents we need to be to raise a generation like, like, like Joseph did. Amen. You know, there's many different kinds of leaders let me just talk to the men. Men, you need to lead. Amen. There's all kinds of leaders. There's people that are just firing out there and going for it. There's other people that lead from within and kind of behind the scenes. And there's, there's all kinds of different leaders. And it doesn't really matter what kind of leader you are. 
but you had best do it because your family needs you to do it. There's been an attack on the family. There's been an attack on families because, because if the devil can break up the family unit, if he can break up the family unit, then he's destroyed. He's destroyed us. You go to, if you, I don't know if you've ever been in prison, prison ministry or going, it's filled with broken hearted men and, and, and broken hearted women. It's filled. It's, it's an epidemic. They, they, they can't hold all the prisoners because of the breakdown of the family. The Joseph anointing is an anointing to lead. It's an anointing to do the right thing, to live righteously, to be a man, to be a woman of self-control, to raise up a generation, to raise up a generation that'll bring change, that'll put others first. Nate, it's not about it's not about me. It's not about you. It's it's about it's about God, and it's about it's about your children and your grandchildren. God wants to empower you to do that. You say, "Well, I'm single." Well, then prepare for marriage, and do it by sublimation of your passion. Sublimation. It's 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 taking the passion that you have and you put it towards the Lord and towards serving Him and reaching the lost and healing the sick and setting the captives free. You have all that all that passion, all that energy. Get working, dude. Work is good for you. Work will just you know. You don't need to sow any wild oats. You need to get a job. Break the leaves and do something. Very simple word about Joseph at Christmas. We really are under attack, but there's an anointing that God will anoint us to lead our families. And will anoint, you know, I'm anointed to lead my family. I'm anointed to do it. Anything goes over the fence, I'll kill it, spiritually speaking. Is anybody ever, anybody else protective over their family? You should be. And it happens in the spirit first. You have to pray and guard over and protect. Watch after. Your marriage, your wife. God wants to use us as examples to this next generation. It's the final point. Godly parents that raise godly children. I'm very proud of my children. I am. They're not perfect any more than I am or you are. But they love God. They're growing up in the church as pastors' kids and they don't hate God. That's a miracle. Oh, yeah. If people say stuff to them, my kids be like, you know, oh, did you do something wrong? What'd you do? You didn't read your Bible? Some stupid nonsense like that just makes me get irritated. Come on, smile at me. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's not easy to be a pastor's kid. You just think you have to walk on water and all that. Hey, Hannah, excellent job. Super proud of you. I am. Daniel, thank you. Thank you for serving God. Because if you guys didn't serve God, I would resign. Because that's Bible. See, if a man can't can lead his own family, his own kids don't serve God, then you don't deserve leading the house of God. So I, I couldn't do fulfill my calling if you guys didn't fulfill yours in, in obedience and living for the Lord. Super proud of you. That was sweet. Why don't we say thank you? Thank you. It's a good thing. Unusual. You don't hear that all the time, but.
Pastor's kids notoriously are the worst. Don't raise your hand in the house of God. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, they're just like, yeah, that's not the case with my kids, right? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I know it isn't. Thank you, Jesus. I have discernment. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Lift your hands to Jesus. Thank you. Pastor Alex, you've got a Joseph anointing on your family. Going to great raise great world changers. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Ask God to give you a fresh touch, a fresh anointing right now to lead your family. Come on. You can overcome the things that you're going through. You can overcome the assignment that's upon your family, upon your marriage. Rise up, oh man of God. Rise up, woman of God. Begin to pray. Begin to fast. Whatever's happened, God can turn it all around in one moment. One moment. He can change everything. One moment, one touch from God. This message spoke to you. You need prayer. You need healing. You need a touch from God. Step out from where you are. Come to the front. We're going to pray for you. Wyatt Hall, it's good to have you home from the Navy. Navy. Air Force. Air Force. Sorry. Proud of you. Come on, come all the way up front. Pastors, would you come? We have Savior. Tell all the world. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray for these. Pastors, go ahead. Ministers, go ahead. Holy Spirit, come. Touch. Heal. We have a Savior. His love will reign forever. His love will reign forever. His love will reign Savior, his love, his love. 
This is Jesus, Emmanuel, here with us. Tell all the world that we have a Savior, we have a Savior. I pray, deliver now, set free now, in Jesus' name, you made a way, addiction, longer lost, he has come down for us, we have a Savior. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, won't you get right with Him today? You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him all across this place? Just lift your hands right now. You want to get right with God? Lift your hand. 
God bless you. God bless you. Would you pray with me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you, Holy Spirit. Touch right now. Fill right now. I pray for that family that's embattled, that needs healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, heal marriages. Heal homes. Heal families. Restore broken relationships. Fathers to sons and daughters. Mothers to sons and daughters. Restore broken relationships. We know who the accuser of the brethren is. And we command you this night to be bound in Jesus' name. Your authority is broken by the efficacy of the blood of the Lamb. We declare over our homes that we will be blessed. We'll walk in unity and peace and joy. We declare over, over our homes self-control and righteousness and truth. We declare over our homes healthy marriages, righteousness that'll spread. That righteousness will spread through the land. Revival would ensue the great outcry, the moral outcry, God, that's out there, that there would be so many that turn from darkness and be healed. Lord, in our community. I pray, Holy Spirit, touch all those online. If you're online, listening by any device, computer, lift your hands right where you are. Holy Spirit, like a wave, come now. Heal. Deliver that one from suicidal thoughts and from deep depression. Anxiety commands you to go. Be loosed. Be freed right now. Fear. Go. God, and thank you for the liberty that you bring because of Jesus' death and resurrection and the authority we have. We give you praise that we can walk in an anointing. We can walk in power, same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you got something from the Lord tonight. If we don't get a chance to see you, yeah, praise God. Thank you, Lord. We don't get a chance to see you for Christmas. We, we, I know people traveling. And Merry Christmas to you.